0: People just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today it's my great pleasure to be speaking with Ali. Welcome, Ali.
1: I'm really happy to be here, Helen. Nice to see you again.
0: Thanks. Now, Ali and I met about a year ago, I think it was, when he was a student at Monash University, and I was giving a lecture, and then we had the opportunity to work on a project together. And I've come to understand a little bit about Ali's story, but I brought him on the podcast today because he's got some fascinating insights and things to share with us that I think might help people who are wondering about what it's like to be a migrant, to come to Australia and to choose a life that may be influenced by Self Unlimited. And I will say that Ali, I have had such a great conversation. He's become an ambassador for Self Unlimited because he's found it so helpful. So with no further ado, Ali, I'm going to kick it over to you. Where would you like to start telling your story?
1: Thank you for the warm intro, Helen. I really always fun talking to you and engaging with you. I think I would maybe like to start with sort of meeting you. And when I got the assignment brief for the project, I was really very keen. The past few years of my working life has Mm. been really focusing on how can I really Work on myself, how can I really be on a driver's seat like that yes. self limited really talks about and, and that sort of came from lots of sort of frustration challenges that I've sort of endured throughout my uh, my journey from where I was to where I became, which I would sort of you know walk it through mm. in this session. I think just coming across self limited and and learning more about self limited mm. to me it's like aha, uh-huh, these are the things that in my mind where if I am to go back and redo things, I will redo things the way sort of self-unlimited way, where just having that sort of mindset. Yes. Um, so that, that's sort of how I really got very uh, inquisitive about the project, very inquisitive about the content. Uh, and when talking to you more and sharing, learning more about self-unlimited, really it almost like taking me back to those days of, you know, you know rejections and not getting employment and not feeling. Perhaps able to do something or contributing, Mm. or despite having the knowledge and you know qualifications, not being able to get opportunities to participate. So I think that's how I would like to start.
0: So maybe what we can say is, if people are listening, I said that we had worked together. What the nature of that work was that I, as an owner of Self Unlimited, was approached by monash university would i be willing to be like a client and offer a project that some postgraduate students in the masters program could actually work on for me and you came on board with three other students was it two i can't remember
1: two two, two, two that's two, right two, two. two.
0: and Together, you had a role to play to learn about self unlimited, but to do some research with other students to find out what they might know about self unlimited. So that was a little bit of a different journey for most people, because I was almost asking you to be an advocate and a representative for an idea that you hadn't found. And it surprised me and delighted me how quickly you got the ideas But what I'm hearing from you, it wasn't just a case that you got them so that you could talk about them. They really resonated and connected with you and where you were at and what you were thinking about.
1: Yes, that's correct. So the, the part of the project that we've worked in together as part of the postgraduate, the problem space that we were exploring around how to really understand what an undergraduate student would like to know how they can prepare themselves after university what are the things that they would like to learn and develop during their time in university because uh, when i look at uh, being an undergrad you have this platform of trying and, and and getting yourself ready because the hopes is when you finish your undergraduate you'll be able to learn the graduate role or kick off your career in the field of your choosing so that really resonated with me because I did my undergraduate in Victoria University. That's back in two thousand and thirteen. That's when I finished. I uh, just a little bit of a story. I came from South Sudan to Melbourne in two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. So that was like a very cold winter. A really very different Different lifestyle compared to you know growing up and being like a, a small town boy grew up in a small island uh, in South Sudan mm-hmm. so having an opportunity to come to you know big city like, like Melbourne was really very challenging but for me education has always been really big drivers it's one of the things that my mother always used to tell me is that really that's the only way I can change the future that I really want to. So coming here, studying, and when I graduated with my bachelor degrees in information technology, I really found I have a degree, but I really can't apply this degree to anything. I can't really... There's lots of practical stuff that were taught <coughs> at uni, but uh, really mostly very theory, but I, I can't really connect with the workforce. So I really struggled a little bit to get into the workforce. So really that particular subject really resonate with me because I was one of those undergraduate who finished but really haven't developed the skill set that employers were perhaps looking for or that can really get me into the uh, industry that I would like to be in.
0: So sometimes people talk about it from an outside perspective whether that's as a counsellor, as a coach, as a recruiter or even an employer, that it's like a set of soft skills is sometimes the phrase that's used. And sometimes it's talked about maybe as career management skills. But it seems to be there's something that maybe is a mix of life experience and something that's a mix of application experience and I think that's what I'm hearing from you that you have the IT knowledge but how to apply that to a job and it's not just simply oh are you going to give me a job that will require IT work it's okay so what is it now to be in work how do you show up and do work how do you get along with colleagues how do you think about the work that you're doing such that you can do your best work or are you just waiting for somebody else to Tell you what to do and how to do it,
1: and that's correct. I think to your point, the challenge is that uh, perhaps it's not just of the theoretical or the the technical skills. I think that is you know you get taught really very well in, in university, but you're at the application of those skills into practical sense where. There's expectation for you to show up, for you to collaborate, for you to take initiatives, for you to communicate, for you to network, for you to be a team player, for you to be all these sorts of things, depending on your what you've surrounded yourself with or what opportunities that you've had in your undergraduates, that things can be really very difficult. And and often lots of graduate roles or lots of opportunities, it goes through focusing on those sort of human behavioral aspects of it, where you won't get past that gate if you don't really have those skills on how to collaborate, how to communicate and, you know, speaking of resilience and networking, all this kind of stuff. So this is what I found really interesting uh, finding when we did the project.
0: And I think there's something that the project also revealed, but I had a bit of a suspicion anyway that when a student goes to an undergraduate program, they tend to think I will get all the learning that will prepare me for work. Whereas I know universities think, no, we're going to teach you the IT parts. And then it's like, well, where did I get that other learning? What course do I go on? And I think there's some things that can be very targeted, like maybe how to do communication or how to be a leader. And and those are great topics and great things to learn. But I find there are many things that sort of fill around that and between the gaps which is where the seven responsibilities of self unlimited and particularly the one about reign the idea that you are the sovereign or the ruler over your workscape and you're going to lead yourself and think about things like well what is it that i believe what are my values what is the way that i want to do this work who do i want to be what kind of teammate do i want to be and not just oh, I want to be a good teammate because somebody told me this was how to be a good teammate. I'm making those decisions for myself because I'm leading myself. And I think some of that resonated with you, right? Yeah,
1: yeah it did. It did a lot. And I think while going through that experience, the findings were really very interesting for me, just really to, and particularly when we started really having a, a bit of a deep dive interview not just a survey, really talking to students and just finding out some really interesting insights around some of them I studying accounting but have zero interest in accounting i'm doing just because mom and dad wanted me to do it or i'm doing this but i think i will do something else but then really and also that expectation that i'm doing this degree and this degree will give me all of this kind of stuff and i think when we start synthesizing and, and understanding the data what we found interesting is that lots of students wanted to really Understand themselves, which is like, what are my values? What's things that really motivates me? What are my strengths, and what are the things? Where am I really strongest, and where am I weakest? And how can I really focus on really exploiting my strength, and really focusing on building my my weaknesses? And these are the things that they don't teach at the undergraduate level, and at least from my experience really the journey of understanding yourself and then looking at things around okay what are the learnings what are the skills that i really need to learn between now and actually like graduate you know things around communication things around you know not just networking but really being intentional about networking with people being so clear about who you are and where Mm -hmm. you want it to be and that sort of filters in your job applications the way you prepare your resume the way you get yourself ready and even when you get so clear on those stuff, your values and where you wanted to be going, you would be, I think, get to a point where what type of person that you are, you know, speaking from a self-unlimited scenario, are you scenario one, scenario two, scenario three? And even when you're going through being in scenario one, being in that understanding, I am my own employer. I have the responsibility to train myself and upskill myself and provide value. These are the things that I found really very interesting that I've experienced it myself, but also uh, it was findings for many students that we've interviewed throughout the process.
0: Well, and particularly too, thinking about that person who you said who was studying accounting, but didn't want to be an accountant or do accounting. I think sometimes there's those moments where people are like, well, in an ideal world, I would have got a degree and I would have got an accounting graduate job. And yes, I would have solved the problem of getting those networking skills. But if I'm leaving university thinking, I've done an accounting degree. Am I now committed to that for the rest of my life? Have I made a big mistake? Who am I? What am I going to tell people if I want to go in a different direction? Or maybe thinking about the scenarios, I've actually decided being an employee for an employer isn't what I want to do. And maybe I'd like to try a startup. I think there's those big questions that sometimes tangle people up, particularly when they're young, because there's often a sense like, I'm supposed to know what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm supposed to have figured it out when maybe I'm 20, 25. Now I'm double that age and I haven't necessarily figured it out. And you and I have had conversations about the idea of, well, Maybe you're going to just try things. Maybe there's an approach to take from experimentation. Is that something that plays a part in your life?
1: Yeah, look, I think on on that note, there is uh, sometimes getting a job is not the end of the journey. There is always huddles that comes along with it. So you you get a role, you work in a role, and you you master a role, and you look to your left and to your right that you would like uh, some change. I think prior to being involved or really getting to understanding in the concepts and and the mindset of self limited. I was a little bit trapped. And and just going back, and I've shared this story with a number of colleagues and, and people that I sort of met around, you know, you get to a point where you are so good at what you do and you expecting your manager to make it happen for you. The reality is it doesn't work that way. And you get really frustrated and you get to a point where you just feel like you're stuck and you don't really wanna to be anywhere. Or you, you wanted to leave or you wanted to quit. So when I started to look at self-limited around having the driver's seat, you can wear multiple hats and no just putting into yourself that you can define what the value exchange really means to you and developing different skills. And sometimes it's one of the things that is particularly just a hobby, things that you potentially like to do. Uh, for me, for example, I do a lot of volunteering in the community. To me, it adds value, and that value is not currency, it's not money. It's just it's something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, but that sort of allows me to see things a little bit more clear in terms of not getting fixated into something. Really passionate about project management and, and delivering projects for a while. Before Self limited I don't see myself anything but a project manager. That's how I sort of strongly define myself as that. And, and, and I just found that I'm really trapping myself in a box of, that I don't really want it to be in all my life. And what I've tried to now do is start to enroll myself in different schools of experience. And that is when an opportunity comes, really understand that opportunity. Is it does opportunity allows me to play to my strength. Is that opportunity allow me to exercise some muscles that I haven't really tried? Am I heading toward where I wanted to go? But I think if I can link myself to self-unlimited, that scenario one where I have an employer but then I don't consider myself being an employee. I consider myself like a contractor, somebody who have my own organization where I'm responsible for my growth. That sort of seven rules that, that apply all that and that sort of helped me. And I think that just allows you to see things a little bit clearly. This is where I think people tend to get it really differently and where I think self-unlimited really comes in and, and, and really shaped their thinking
0: you used the phrase there, you've enrolled yourself in the school of experience. I love that phrase. So (laughs) let me me bring you back to when you left South Sudan. Yes. Was there a a school of experience that you were enrolling yourself in the experience of coming to Australia?
1: It was a very, almost like a very long shot decision. I wasn't necessarily in the industry. I, I I I finished my diploma at the time while I was there. Coming into Australia, it was like a new chapter for me. I have no idea, but the thought in itself sounds interesting. It sounds like I have my brothers who've been living here for a while and they sold me this Australian dream of you can be anybody that you can be. And coming in here, education was my big driver. I think if it is enrolling myself in schools of experience, but then afterwards really reflecting back and I thought I put myself out there and it turned out to be really a school of experience that I could look back for years and, and see how, how grateful to just be here and the opportunities that sort of come along with it and um, navigating my way since 2011 till now. It's almost 10 years. Um, wow. It, it yeah. went by so quickly, but then uh, the first few years has been really very daunting and perhaps it wasn't as quickly as it might seem.
0: So you use the term school. So, let me pretend for a moment that I'm an examiner at the School of Experience. Right. Your experience of coming in as a migrant in maybe those first five years. Yeah. So, tell me, what did you learn in those first five years that you think means I should give you a diploma for being a successful migrant (laughs) and coming to Australia?
1: I've always dreamed of doing something bigger than myself. And coming in, straight away enrolled into my bachelor's degree. And the first two years was really focused on schooling, did lots of jobs, you know, did a bit of a waiter, worked in the factory, uh, jobs that to get me by. But I've always had this dream. So when I was um, enrolled into mentoring program with, with IBM at the time, I have my mentor. I was still actually connecting. Her name is Slavica. And she's she was a senior manager in IBM. And she would set up a meeting in IBM and I would go and attend. And I would try to really all my effort and put my suit on and it felt so great and I wanted that experience but the reality to what I really wanted is to different you know living in the suburbs in southeast uh, looking around for example south Sudanese community you don't really see people like that you know people that you know works in in a corporate people that can give you sort of like inspiration or people who can be like role models so for me it was like yeah but you know what I just I just pushed it. I think I kept networking with people that I admire very much and people who see something in me in terms of like, you know, let's, let's just see how it goes. And I've always, when I reach out to network with people, is always with an interest. I'm really interested in what you're doing and I just like to learn more. Uh, for me, mentoring is like friendship. It's something that it, they have to be a bit of a connection. It can't just be there and there. So the first two years was schooling and really getting my head around how can I go from where I am to where I want it to be. So I finished in 2013. Between 2013 and 14, that's when the dilemma really happens of applying for roles, but then not getting those roles and or you don't have the local experience or you don't have the right skills, you don't have the qualification. And I started to get to a point where I started to question myself if actually the decision of doing that was a good idea. During that time, uh, working in the factories, all sorts of jobs, it was really very frustrating. And I was actually Mm. losing sight of the big dream that I really have being in a corporate and um, wear a suit and all this kind of stuff. The dream really got activated when I got an opportunity as part of AIP, so just through social services. They have this sort of a conjunction program with NAP, African-Australian Inclusion Program, where they offer opportunities for African Australians who have university degrees and qualification to have like a 6 months work experience in Australia. So the first time I went for the program, I didn't get in. Um, that was very hard for me to swallow. I think I have this habit of when I fail, I like to go back to the drawing boards and really understand what did I do and again, Going back to that, really how I presented my story, how I presented my resume, my cover letter. I have a really good friend of mine. He's a lawyer. He studied law. I went with him and we whiteboarded the whole session and said, next time I really have to get it because that's the ticket to the dream. So w- what had happened is uh, fast forward the, six months later, the next one came in and I went in. The program was very competitive. You know, you get like hundreds of people get to apply and, and they take 10 per intake or less at the time. So the next round, I really did well and I got into the program. Six months program is almost at the end of the six months, you get a certificate and then you exit the bank if you didn't do well. Uh, and for me, that's all what I needed to just being given the opportunity. And I got in there and I really proven myself. And even within four months, I got given a permanent role within the, the bank. And that changed my life in terms of I get to see the possibilities and from there, really networking, uh, keeping. The people that, like I said, people that I admire, people that really, I see that they could sort of help me and they see something in me. And from there, fast forward almost seven years at the bank at the moment. But did different sorts of things while during my time at the bank, which really keeps me going from a personal side, things that I've done to my community here and back home, wearing different hats all the time.
0: So in my role as examiner, I've decided I'm going to give you credit on two subjects. <laughs> Are you ready? Thank now, you. Number one, I'm going to give you credit on resilience, because I think that story tells us a lot about When things happen, you didn't give up, you kept trying, you found another way, you maybe talked to somebody, you examined what was going on, and I won't say bounced back necessarily, but there was a sense of recovery rather than, okay, so that happened, what what am I going to do about that? So you get an A in resilience. Thank you. And the second subject I'm going to, or topic I'm going to give you credit in, is embracing opportunities. Because I think that many times opportunities do present themselves, but people can sit back and go, oh, no, I couldn't do that, or that wouldn't work, or I don't have what it takes. And I think what I hear in that story and what I have come to know about you is that if there's a glimmer of an offer of an opportunity. It doesn't even have to come fully fleshed out and on a plate. If you can see a hint of it, you will grab it and you will run to it. And I think that speaks an awful lot to potential employers about an attitude of initiative, of leadership and engagement. So I'm going to give you an A plus in that topic. Thank you. (laughs) Things you get from the school of experience. So thinking about either... Your younger self or maybe people that you would like to think about who you might have some impact and share the message. It might be to fellow people in the communities around you or people who are at an early stage of coming into the bank and maybe a graduate program. What are a couple of pieces of advice that you would give them based on your experience of some things to do or things to think about?
1: To my younger self, it's really important to get clear on what is it that I really wanted to do? I think clarity is something that you work on throughout your life. and But then I think it's really important to be clear, particularly if you're on a verge of finishing up your studies, trying to get into the industry, getting really very clear and look look for the skills. Again, when clear, you clear your own yourself, what organization you hope to work for, what type of person are you? Are you like sort of like like to build stuff? Are you like a startup person? And don't limit yourself. Don't think too much about the operations side of what you're going to do. Think about how that particular experience could potentially take you to somewhere where you wanted to go. I think get clear is one of the things that I would say. The thing is I get qualified and what I mean by get qualified is a template and, and for me is around capabilities, experience, qualification and exposure. And usually with any role advertised, all of this stuff comes in and there's always a trade-off. If you don't have the qualification, experience and exposure and capabilities can compensate. Look for this kind of stuff um, and then really you clear on yourself, you clear on your goals. And then you get qualified as in like, you really look at what capabilities do I need to get there? What is it that I have at the moment that could be better? What can I increase? What I don't have that I wanted to build on. Exposure is really understanding about that particular area that you really want to get into. Experience is the hard one where, you know, you might not have the experience, but really like I said, enrolling yourself in a school of experience, it doesn't have to be a paid role. It doesn't, but really get involved in things that can, you can talk to when you get to meet that sort of potential employer.
0: Volunteering.
1: Uh, Volunteering. And and that's something that you could sort of do any given time. So get clear, get qualified. And then I think networking is really very essential uh, in terms of like, if you're on that stage, and networking with purpose, that's what I would really phrase it, that uh, when you get to network people be intentional. Don't network with somebody just because you wanted a job. Don't say to me, hey, Ali, long time. I haven't seen you. We should catch up. And then as soon as we catch up, I really wanted that. I want you to help me with the job. I think that's not the best way of networking. I think network with people not necessarily is exchange of give and take, but then there got to be some interest and in, for me, I really take interest in what people do because it always fascinates me, stories of how people get things done and how what sort of industry they're in and all this kind of stuff. And that might develop into something more. And they might not necessarily be of help, but they might navigate you to, oh, actually, I have this colleague and I have that colleague. That's the, the third thing. I think number four is do the work. I mean... I have worked with lots of people um, in terms of getting them to, you know, wanted to look for a job or wanted to do this. There is almost, they have this personality that they envisage in five years from now, they put it in paper as today. I think there is an element of you that you have to really commit to doing something. And that commitment could be taking time to learn something that you wanted to learn. Um, and just what are the areas that you would like to really get better at and start doing and I think these are the things that I would tell my younger self and just learn 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 that's how I'll continue to do
0: and I think that's a lovely idea learn 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 because to your first point about being clear about what you want to do and maybe I can say this with the benefit of hindsight that I have been working in my workscape for over 35 years now. And yeah. I know when people are entering their workscape, they cannot conceive of what life will be maybe 20 years in the future. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's why the question about clarity becomes really challenging, because they think they have to have clarity for the rest of their life. And I would offer the thought, have clarity for maybe something that will work for the next five years. Because we're living in a world where so much is changing that the work or the job that you might take now may not exist in five or 10 years' time. So you are going to need to be keeping an eye out for how things are changing and where you might need to learn new things and get qualified in new things, both because your interests have changed and growing but also the world around you is changing. And so this notion of getting clear and trying something and learning and qualified, hold that kind of lightly as if there's going to be errors. And I mean, error in the sense of ERA periods of life in your workscape where you will act in a certain kind of way, because chances are if you have entered work around 20 given current medical science, you're possibly going to live to 100. You're probably going to be active until 90. So that's a 70 year period in which you might be doing work like things. And even if you were very clear and focused in maybe doing something IT for a 10 year period, that's only one seventh of that period you potentially could also do a startup in the second 10 years and then you yeah. know 7 years later do a different career and i think it's about keeping open to those possibilities of where it might change that maybe for a period of that you will be the employee employer relationship or maybe yep. you will be in a startup trying your yep. own thing or maybe you will be on a sabbatical and that for me is the key notion of self unlimited that I want to encourage people not just be better prepared to enter the workforce and have those different skills and abilities and capabilities and as you nicely said get qualified in that experience and exposure but also to understand you are probably going to need to do this again and again and again as you yeah. said, learn, learn, learn. And yeah. that I think that's a lovely message that we might end on. Do you have a closing thought you would like to offer?
1: It's always good to approach work not as work. I'm so blessed to be able to wake up every morning and love what I do. And I think about so many ways of how I can become better servicing customers and delivering outcome to customers and all this kind of stuff and the goal is always to be better like you said things are really shifting every single day in the workscape that we sort of operating in getting into a role or getting into an industry is not the end of it getting there is not always the challenge there is other challenges that sort of come while you're there because you grow your interest change and I think when I look back at my personal self when I first entered in this excitement yes I'm in the industry and all this and then once you settle in then okay uh, what is it that I really wanted to do I think it's really important to really do things that you're really passionate about and things that really keeps you going because as much as people like to separate like your work life and your personal life they're intertwined Uh, so find something that you really love to do and find different ways of how you can become better and the goal of It's always the work that I'm doing now is better than six months ago. And the work that I'm going to be doing six months ago is better than the work that I'm doing today. It's just sort of like an infinite game where the goal is to be better and to improve and do what you love.
0: And I'm going to be very excited to see what happens in that six months for you, Ali. It's been a pleasure to have you enter my workscape and to be in conversation with you today. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Helen. That was really lovely. I enjoyed every bit of it
0: workscapes are changing everywhere for more goodness to change your workscape visit www.beselfunlimited.com